what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Across the table from me on the other microphone is Chris Fry. We are co-directors and co-founders of the Foot Candle Film Society and the annual Foot Candle Film Festival. Chris, how are you doing? I am doing well. I am actually fresh off a week of vacation at the beach. So that, you are. that is nice. So I did not have said vacation. <laughs> so True. The more you bring it up, it makes, uh, me, makes me feel really good. So thanks for doing <laughs> that. So no, glad to have you back, back in the, in, in the saddle here, back at the microphone for another episode of our film discussion, film review show that here on the Mesh Network. And uh, today's episode, we've got a review of a film, new film called The Last Voyage of the Demeter, talking about a selected chapter from the Bram Stoker's Dracula novel turned into a feature length film. We'll be discussing and reviewing that film here in just a moment. Uh, and then I think after the film review, I think we're going to do a couple different things. I've maybe got some movie trailers of some upcoming movies I want to share and get Chris's reaction on, talk about a little bit. Chris threw a brand new trailer on me right before recording time that I'm so excited to watch. I have not watched it yet, but Excellent. we're going to do that here on the show after the review. And then I think, Chris, you may have a recommendation of a film, too, that you want to yes. give out as well. So we're going to do a little bit of all that after the main review. But let's let's not delay that any further. Let's get right into our review of the main feature film. It is The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Evil is on board. Powerful evil. We call him Dracula. The Demeter, on charter from Romania to London. Shipping private crates, contents unknown. Out at sea with no land in sight. Director Andre Overdahl has described his new film, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, as basically alien on a ship in 1897. Alan, what was your experience with the film, and do you think it will spawn five sequels like the Ridley Scott classic? Um, okay, a couple of thoughts on this. Well, first off, I, I think, you know, just to make sure everybody's clear on kind of what the film is and, and, and what it's doing. So sure. there's, a, there's a chapter from the original Bram Stoker's Dracula novel uh, talking about the voyage of the Demeter, a ship that uh, sailed from Carpathia, Carpathia to England, and that happened to be the ship that also brought some cargo across, very dangerous cargo that included the body of said Dracula. Um, the, in the novel, and I think this is just important because this is kind of queued up right at the beginning of the film in the little text. Nobody survives. The, the ship washes up on shore. Everybody's gone. And that's basically how Dracula made his way to England. And then we all know the story from there. 
Yes. So interesting film, interesting concept to put out to kind of take one small chapter of a of a novel and expand it into a feature length film. Your question is, how did I find the voyage? Um, I found the voyage okay. Um, okay, I think there's a lot that does work in this film, but then there's equally some things that do not work. And okay. so, will it spawn any sequels? Oh, it sure wants to. Oh. But yes, it absolutely it is not going to. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, I just, I, I'm saying that both from a, I think, reaction, audience reaction and also just box office. It's bombing pretty bad. So it's not going to go anywhere. It absolutely wants you to believe in the final minute or two of the film that, yes, this is going to set up a whole Dracula franchise that they're building on. But it, it it's not going to. Um, that actually, that last closing minute or two is actually kind of a, a disappointment for me. I thought it was just is so obvious what they were trying to do at the end of the film. And it, I didn't like that. I, I thought that kind of actually notched the whole film down quite a bit for me when we got to the end. Um, but I'll say, look, I think this film's got some things working for it. Uh, I, I will call out that I, I thought the, I thought the acting across the board was good. I liked all the characters. I thought the acting, uh, top to bottom. I mean, a lot of actors, uh, Actors you'll recognize, but maybe don't know personally or know their names as much. Corey Hawkins as, as kind of our, our lead as Clements. Thought it was really good. I liked him. Liam Cunningham as the captain, Captain Elliot. Thought it was good. Yeah, acting wise, yes, I thought it was good. And I think production design wise, I like the ship. I like the look of the ship. I like the feel of it. I like the kind of architecture and the way they they move around it. So it's got some things working for it. Um, but there's a lot of things that don't, and we can get to that in a little bit. So, but Chris, I want to hear your thoughts. What what do you think of the last voyage of the Demeter? So, this was one of my top ten films that I was looking forward to in 2023, and I always make these lists at the end of every or start of every year. And my thing is, it can't be part of a cinematic universe. That's yeah, the first dodge the bullet on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't be part of a cinematic universe, and it can't be like a sequel, which would make it part. So it's like no sequels, no cinematic universes. So, you know, this came out, I was like, oh, taking this one chapter and trying to make a movie out of it. But the interesting thing of like kind of caught and you can't get off the ship. And I was like, cool. The guy did, the director did throw out the whole alien on a ship. And I'm like, oh, in 1897, I'm like, okay. And I admire the idea. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, um, like you said, I really didn't like the last like minute or two. That was terrible. But for the most part, I feel like the actors do do a good job mm-hmm. and the director is, is, does a good job, but the confines of the ship are too small for me to believe that they wouldn't be able to figure. It's like, Oh, we Bingo. can't do anything during the day. Yeah. Bingo. That- <laughs> but at night there, and everything that happens at night totally makes sense and everything. It's, but it's like, yeah, but then they show daytime season. are like, yeah, but why are you guys not, yeah, doing something about this during the day. The the, the 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 whole fault of this film, the thing we're about halfway, well, about two thirds of the way through the film, I'm I'm just I'm spending more time in myself thinking, why are they not doing this differently as the characters? Mm-hmm. And it's because uh, you know they've made the choice to take this short idea of a story and turn it into a movie. You can't just have Dracula on the first night wipe out the entire ship and we're done. <laughs> right. So right. you sure. have to spread it out over, you have to have justification to spread it out over a week or whatever this, this, this film takes place. And that itself 
automatically puts you at a disadvantage in the storytelling department. Cause you're right. There are so many things that I'm like almost shouting at characters. Like what are you doing? Why are you, what are you doing? Sure. This is during the day. You've realized that this Dracula creature does not come out during the day. So that sounds like the good time to go find this thing or figure out what it is. Oh, wait a minute. There's some boxes. Uh, a lady that was that knows all about this creature is in one of the boxes. Could it be that the other creature's in another one of those boxes? Should we just chuck those boxes overboard? <laughs> you know, there's so many things that could be done. It's like it it just didn't make sense to me. So that was my biggest failing with this movie is that the concept is great, but it 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 needed to be a short film and it needed to be, take place on one night and it needed to be like that's it because it does not. It's strained credibility to think this is a story that would expand into a movie like it did. Sure. I mean, everybody take a drink. Biggest impediment to the film was its running time. It's almost two hours. If this had been 80, 90 minutes, I think that would have helped. I mentioned, too, the whole alien comparison because it's not – I mean, yeah, it's a ship, but it's not huge. It's not like a tanker thing. It's – you know, so – if you have all this time, it's like you'd think they'd be able to figure out this is what's happening. It's not like the Nostromo, which is this huge monstrous spaceship. It's a small ship in 1897. So, yeah, just the frustrating things are that you just think people would figure out. I, you mentioned the girl who's found, played mm-hmm. by Aisling uh, Franciosi, I think. She was in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, as well as one of the other characters. You mentioned Liam, Cum- Liam Cunningham. He was Captain Elliot. He was also in Game of Thrones, so they kind of got a little – Game of Thrones thing going. Um, she was in a film called Nightingale too, where she was like a central character. She's really good, does a really good job of being like acting creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and when they introduced her character and kind of how she came about, I thought that was, I was like, Oh, that's a wrinkle I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. There's like, but then like you're saying, it kind of shot itself in the foot because then it was like, Oh yes, cool character. wasn't expecting this development, these things. But then it's like, yeah, but, why can't she help them figure like, you know, the, yeah, then she's, it's like she's I, basically telling them this is what you yeah, need to do. This is what, this is what <laughs> the creature is. And she told him later, it seemed like days later, she went on a little spiel telling him about it. I'm like, well, it's kind of late now. <laughs> I mean, she could have been in a bit of a daze, but still, yeah, but still I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I think it's just, they kind of, they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit with sure. saying, okay, let's turn this into a movie. Chris, would this have worked better? And this is in my mind. Okay. Is if, the whole movie took place over one night. Agreed. Okay. Like something like, and I don't, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the book, in the chapter, they notice something's going on because first the rats disappear. Yeah. And then the animals, something's happening. They're kind of, and then, you know, people start dying. So yeah, if like somehow they would have maybe like two day, two nights, one's the rats, yeah, one's the animals. Nights. And then on the third night, everything goes and that yeah. way it's like they don't have time to do anything in the daylight because exactly. they don't know what's going on it, yeah we wouldn't be wondering what are these characters doing the other <laughs> uh, 15 hours of the day <laughs> right where they're just sitting on a ship and they're fearing for their life i'm like well there's a lot that could be done in that time there's a lot you should be doing so there's a way they're script this to where it would have worked i could have seen it building to a one night of terror Right. For all the characters. Right. And you're right. It's, it's, they're having to think quickly and trying to react quickly to what to do. That would have been exhilarating. And I think that would have worked really well. But as it is now, it's like, it kind of just fell into a formula where it's like, okay, it's nighttime. We know one character is <laughs> going to die. 
So which characters are going to be? Oh, we're spending a little bit of time with this character. That must be the one that's going to die right now. Yeah, things were kind of telegraphed. Yeah. I have to say, it got there, formulaic. Yeah. I have to say, um, when it was time for Toby, played oh, by Woody Norman, child, yeah. to um, be disposed of, I couldn't have been happier. Um, and I don't, I don't blame Woody Norman. I think they just it was like the stereotypical endearing little kid, plucky so, little endearing kid. Yeah, but so ship, much yeah. so, I was like, okay, and because, like you say. They tell you at the outset, here's the ship that's washed ashore, you know. So it's like, okay, you just expect everybody to die. So yeah, when it came this time, I was like, yes. Because well, <laughs> it, it just it just annoyed me. Because it's it another just, little problem you know. is like I don't think everybody that goes in to see this film is realizes or knows the original source material. Gotcha. So they pretty much in two different ways at the beginning, both in text on the screen. Mm-hmm. And with a scene where we see the ship has washed up on shore and there's soldiers, British soldiers going to check it out. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, oh, everybody's dead on there. And it's all this. So we know the deal. Like, so already, already it's all set up for you. Yes, this is what's going to happen. Right. Nobody's going to survive. Now, do they throw a little bit of a wrinkle in it? Yes. And I'm okay with that. I, I liked the wrinkle, the the little... Changing oh. of the plot a little bit by the end, as far I'm, as one or two characters in particular. So, yeah. Um, I was fine with the wrinkle at first. I and, just didn't like the last minute of the right. setup. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, also, without dispelling anything, um, I feel, or without ruining anything of the ending, I feel like it would have been better if um, one had caused the demise of the other. I'll leave it at that. Oh, right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, the idea that, that if somebody's still around, but then we, you know, yes, so, I, I can see it. There's definitely some ways to play with the end. To basically I, make it end on a real dark note, but yes. it would, it would gel with how things, yeah, so, right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's different ways to end it. I did like the fact that, oh God, yeah, I don't want to spoil yeah. it. Uh, yes. The whole idea of everybody's dead on the ship. It's a little subverted. There's a little twist. And that's yeah. good because that at least kept me intrigued by the end. Sure. I wasn't just saying, okay, well, just I'm just waiting for each person to, to die. Um, it, it just got formulaic. I think the structure of it was just its own weakness. I think just trying to say, oh, we need to make this. We want to have days and nights and we want to have this spread out over a, a longer time. It just doesn't work as a story that way. And there's too many holes. There's too many things that you question. And then it just becomes formulaic. I mean, they even tried at one point to give an explanation of why only one person was being killed each night. It's like, oh, I guess that's all he needs to feed on each night type of thing. I'm like, yeah, well, no, you're trying to make a two-hour movie, <laughs> and you want to spread it out over multiple days. So that's, that's why. why you're doing it. Yeah, I'm sure Dracula, if he wanted to kill everybody in one night, he certainly could do that. And so. I think, you know, yes, Hollywood, listen up. We're giving it. If you weren't so hell bent on trying to start a franchise or make sure there could be a sequel, just focus on making a good film, then maybe the writers could have said, yeah, we're going to do that. We're doing this as if one and done yeah. because yeah. And I think that would have solved. No, yeah, I, everything. I, I honestly groaned in that last minute because you hear a voiceover from a character and it's basically setting up a, oh, oh yes, this, we want to make a franchise out of this. And so I'm going to continue doing this and this is going to continue. Ha- like, okay. Yeah. And that was disappointing. You're right. The best things that spin out of spin into franchises are ones that are not gearing themselves up that way. Right. It has a complete story. It just happens to be a complete story. People enjoyed and they want to see more of 
So then you make sequels. Don't cue uh, it up so yeah. obviously and overtly at the end of your film. And then it looks kind of bad too because when you see the box office returns, like, yeah, this thing, there's never going to be a sequel <laughs> to this thing. Right. So that's for people who like the ending. It's now this disappointing because it's not going to go anywhere. I will say like you and, you know, to kind of sum things up on a positive note, I will say, yeah, the film looked good. It looked really good. The actors were a good job. I thought the use the trying to do different settings of when he kills people. Mm-hmm. I thought that oh, Dracula mm-hmm. like kills people. I thought that was effective. I liked the setup a little bit at the beginning and then how they spend some time with the people kind of getting together before they even get on the ship. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And that actually, yeah, that was some good, yeah. yeah, it was some good. So all, all of that good. I think just the problem of stretching it out too far. Was it's just the storytelling. It's just the, the plotting of, it, of the film was, was a problem, but everything looks wise was great. And uh, I thought some of the, scares and some of the the moments were, were good i mean they were they were good scary moments i think uh there's one particular i think when um fog yes. starts pouring in yes that was really good that was a cool little sequence and and had some great visuals to it so uh look i there's enough here to watch there's enough here to enjoy I if mean, you really like dracula stories and kind of that gothic horror that's not about like just, you know, a serial killer running around. So like, yeah. you know, if you like Bram Stoker's Dracula, oh, Francis sure. Roquette, something like that, or the interview with the vampire movies. Yeah. You'll, you'll like that. It's not terrible. It's, it's just, just, unfortunately, I just think if you think about it a little too long, right. It's, it's, it's problematic. Right. And I just, I do regret them ending it the way they did with such an overt setup to something get ready for the sequel guys that's that's never going to (laughs) happen yeah um but yeah no i look even though i I feel like i'm kind of bashing on the film a little bit for its plot ultimately i think i enjoyed this film i mean ultimately i think i had an okay time with it so i'm gonna give it a favorable rating it was good enough to justify my time but um but it's disappointing to think that with a, a, a little tighter script and a little better plotting how this really could have worked really, really well. Sure. Um, it's just a shame it didn't. So agreed. And I was, you know, another kind of positive. Oh, no, it's not kind of positive. It is a positive. Something I thought was clever. They incorporate the knocking on the side of a ship oh, or yeah. the knocking that it'll kind of echo and let people know something's going on done in the film. And I was like, Oh, I'd never thought about that on a wooden ship out in the middle of the ocean. It's a way of kind of communicating with the crew that's using the film. And it actually, yeah, granted, I don't like the last minute or two minutes we've said numerous no, times, but, but there's a n- use of the knock, and you're like, oh, that's kind of a clever callback. Well, but so. don't you think how how great would the movie have ended if it just ended with the knocking? <laughs> well, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I, okay, I'm doing dance around this. <laughs> you have a character that we're seeing at the end of the film, and right. they're in a location that we're seeing them in, right. and they think that they're, you know, they, they know that this evil has now made it to England, you know, cause that's what happens in the story. Right. And then you hear the knocking and that's kind of it. I'm like, okay, that would have been pretty cool. And I like, cut to black. Yeah. That's it. That's the way you end a movie where you can still leave it open, but it's, it's an ending. It's like, you know, but instead it's the, we get the monologue voiceover setting up a superhero franchise to hunt down <laughs> Dracula. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. So that didn't work. But yeah, I, I um, I mentioned actors, you know, Liam Cunningham, I thought was really, I liked him as the, the ship's captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Corey Hawkins as Clemens, kind of the lead character we follow who turns out he has a medical degree and actually a very skilled doctor, but he is African American. So he 
has a hard time or African descent has a hard time with uh, getting a job. So he right. finds himself on the ship. Uh, David Dasmalshian as Wolchek. Uh, okay. I like him and people may know he's been in suicide yeah. squad. If you, if you know, see his face, you'll be like, Oh yeah, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. I like him as an actor and I feel, and he was in some of the Ant-Man movies as yeah, well. He I think. Was. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they would have given him more to do. I feel like mm-hmm. he got cast because of how he can kind of have a creepy presence. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's that's it. I felt like he was really kind of hindered. So I well, felt I felt bad. I mean, Grand, you got a paycheck. I mean, you're you. throwing nine or ten guys into a boat <laughs> that you know many of them, the way they're dressed and their appearance looks very similar. It's got the like, whole Star Trek like you're wearing a red shirt. You're going to go bit of that too. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, they didn't really feel the need to give too many other characters really a um, any kind of development, which sure. is I think fine in a movie like this. I mean, we spend the most time with. Clement with Anna, you know, you mentioned the girl that uh, comes aboard unexpectedly and then the captain and that's right. pretty much it. And then Toby, you know, the kid, Toby, uh, Toby. <laughs> Woody Norman, who we saw in, uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, which I liked him a, a lot. He's a really good young actor. Um, yeah, but I think this part was just kind of, um, very cliche. Well, uh, and the, here, here's something that also, once I found out he was in Come On, Come On, I was like, interesting. I remember some people commenting on Come On, Come On, they just really couldn't stand the kid. And I'm like, no, I thought he, he was, was playing, kid. he was a kid and everything. He's a real kid. But I think it was like, they saw the casting people saw that movie like, oh, we want somebody. And then they stick him aboard a ship and like, because he was kind of, kind of being the same way where he's like trying to be endearing, but always kind of, I don't know. I just like... He just, he not the, his, I thought he was fine as an actor, but just the character really annoyed me in this. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was weird. But yeah, that's, uh, that's where we are. Look, I, I, the director called this alien on a ship. Yeah. I think that works for the most part. I mean, that's kind of the format we're dealing with. Of course, alien, it's much better, <laughs> you know, does it a much better. We sure. don't know how alien's going to end. So we're kind of waiting to see where it's going to go. It didn't fall into quite the same formulaic, you know, Okay, every night somebody has to die. Here's the formula we follow. It was obviously a little more better and unique. But I mean, if you like that style film and you're looking for something a little better than than just a, a schlock and horror film, it has a little bit more going for it. I think this is I think this is okay. I think this is worthwhile. God, it's the most muted response of well, review. It's and like I am letting you in that review because I'm afraid I would we like to we like we like to be positive. You no, know, we try to review positive. movies. We always like to. So you ended on a positive. I'm just gonna nod my head. <laughs> okay, I will say I'm a little I'm disappointed in some of the reviews this film is getting because I think they're unfairly, I think they're unfairly negative. Okay, okay. and they're basing it off of a couple of the things we've talked about plots and, and plot and some character decisions in the film. Which yeah, I mean, but look, most films have bad yeah. plotting and it's just whether or not they distract decisions. you overall. Yeah. So, yeah. And this is a distracting, it is a distracting plot points in here, but uh, I don't think it's warranting quite the wretched reviews that people are giving <laughs> it. It's, it's not great, but it's not bad, bad either. So it's, gotcha. uh, it's worthwhile watching. Like you said, if you're a fan of the genre, uh, historical horror, Gothic horror, uh, you like Dracula, like mm-hmm. my wife and I, we, our first date was watching a, a Dracula film. This is kind of our thing. So there you go. we thought it was okay. You know, it, it's worth checking out from that standpoint, I think. So, 
Okay. So that is The Last Voyage of the Demeter. It is, I would say it's playing in theaters right now, but I don't know if it still will be by the time people hear this. Or maybe um, because of the, the strikes, it still will be. Well, that may be true. the saving it grace. Be, it may be there's an empty theater space and they need something to fill it with. Right. Um, so we're saying it's uh, it's got problems, it's got issues, but could be a, an okay time for you if you decide to go check it out. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Chris, let's uh, take a quick little break. We come back. I think you've got a recommendation and I've got some trailers to share and we're going to talk through some, uh, upcoming films. So stay tuned. You're listening to foot candle films here on the mesh.tv. We'll be right back in just a moment. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation to learn more visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Hello and welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. We had our review of The Last Voyage of the Demeter just a moment ago, but now we're going to go in and talk about some movies uh, coming up soon. So Chris and I sometimes like to check out trailers, uh, for better or for worse, and they can be a little little too spoilery sometimes or sometimes set up unfair expectations, but they're still fun to watch and get ideas of what, what films are coming down the pipeline. So we're going to check out a couple trailers. Uh, I realize this is an audio podcast, so we're going to be playing the audio from the trailer, which is not as impressive as the actual trailer itself. So I do invite you to go check it out on your own if you find it to be interesting, but we're going to play clips of the trailers and talk about them and get some feedback. Um, Chris, I wanted to do one first. Uh, this is not one I told you about. Okay. Um, but it's another one I, I'm, I'm curious, just because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm intrigued by the people in this film. Okay. Um, you know that uh, Adam Sandler. I have heard of him. Has been making movies with Netflix for a while now. I think he signed like a really big Netflix deal many years ago. And yeah. He's done like several straight to Netflix films that, uh, some with Jennifer Aniston. He did some with... I don't remember who else, but anyway, he's done several. Yes. A couple of them have been actually surprisingly good. I mean, he did the film with, um, um, hustlers or hustle, hustle, the hustle, a uh, hustle. Yeah. It was which, about basketball. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. There was another one he did in this Netflix arrangement. I thought was okay as well. Can't remember it offhand. Most of them have been just kind of lowbrow comedy stuff. You're talking about the Hubie Halloween, the murder party one and two. Um, Yes. All of those. (laughs) So we have one coming up now that's called uh, where he is not the lead. Okay. He is a supporting actor in it and it's called, you are so not invited to my bar mitzvah. (laughs) Have you heard of this? I think I have. Is his daughter in it? Oh, see, that was the little log line I was going to do afterwards. Okay. Okay. It is. Adam I have not Sandler. seen the trailer. Though. Okay, Adam Sandler is plays a, the father to his own daughter. So uh, he has two okay. daughters in the film that are actresses, and one of them is the lead in this film, as you'll okay. see in the trailer. And uh, so huh. yes, so all three of them acting together. Uh, anyway, curious your thoughts. Okay, so here's the trailer for "You Are So Not Invited to My Bar Mitzvah." <laughs> my bar mitzvah determines the rest of my life. If I have a kick-ass party, doors would open. And I just think Dua Lipa would make the party perfect. You can have a ball pit. That's for kids. I've had my period for seven months now. That's a long period, sweetheart. La 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 la. 
All right. So, Ellen, we often talk about how with trailers, they reveal too much. Yeah. And that trailer, I think that... story. Yeah. Well, no, I... I think it looks like it may be a pretty decent film. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it has a target market, obviously sure. it's, you know, high school girls or whatever, you know, so, and, and about friendships and everything, but I think it looks good, but I wish the trailer would have been not, I wish it would have been shorter. Oh, yeah. I feel like, Oh no, what we often say is they make movies too long. We just said that about the last voyage of the new leader, make this trailer like a minute no, <laughs> or, I, or a minute I, 15. I, it's like, I stop, you know, because I, some of the some of the lines in there were kind of funny, and I'm like, yeah, but just save some of those for the actual movie. Well, I completely but, agree. Yeah, the trailer trailers are too long. That's a two minute and forty five second trailer. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, and and it does walk. Through. I hate the trailers that walk through every beat of the film. Like, this is going to happen. Then there's going to be this sequence, and there's going to be this scene, and there's going to be this confrontation, and it and it doesn't need it. Yeah. I think there's enough you could have done with this to adequately tease the film, which is what a trailer is supposed to do is just right. tease you about the film and then uh, get you excited about it. Um, I, I will say I look, I, I like the idea of Adam Sandler being in this with his two daughters. Um, and it makes it kind of impressive where it's like, he's passing the baton yeah. because this is a comedy and the daughter's doing kind of, so am yeah. I remembering correctly uh, in punch drunk love that Adam Sandler was also in the PT Anderson film were his was his sister like or sisters or something in I know in the film his character it has several sisters and yes that's like a thing but I want to say like that some of them may have actually been relatives of Adam Sandler if I'm oh I correctly. don't I don't know I now, do maybe not, I'm I do thinking about that. that wrong but I was just wondering if maybe uh, Adam Sandler's kind of got a thing for like enjoying working with family and that's kind of a a thing he likes to do which is cool I think that's great if that's the case. Um, I, now this is killing me. So I'm going to find out right now while we're on the air, um, punch Duck love were any of the characters in that film, actual Sandlers. I will say that to Adam Sandler, no, maybe not. I think he's, he's a talent and he's so good when he does drama and he can still do comedy. I just don't know. Did he write this film? I don't know. He did not. He did film. not. Okay. No. Well, that, mm. I think a lot of times like, I mean, I don't know that he wrote Hubie Halloween, but I feel like. I don't know. He's he's such a good actor. He was really good in um, what's the gems movie? Oh, <laughs> uncut got, gems. Oh, thank you. I couldn't think of the modifier. Uncut gems. Yeah. So it's like he's still talented. I just think I don't know. I wish I wish he'd have another punch drunk love or another uncut gems. Well, he kind so. of throws one out every every few years. You know, hustle so, I mean, was we good. Had, yeah. But, Hustle was okay. Yeah. Um, Uncut jobs before that really good. There'll be another one of those. Yeah. He'll 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 cycle one of those out. I just like the fact that I like the fact that it's not that every time I hear an Adam Sandler movie is coming out, I, I groan. <laughs> I'm honestly kind of 50, 50. I'm like, there's a 50, 50 chance. This is going to be an interesting, good movie. There's a 50% chance. It could be Hubie Halloween too. So <laughs> we don't know. All right. Uh, anyway, that is, you are so not invited to my bar mitzvah it is a Netflix film coming out on August 25th. So okay. here in just uh, about a week or two. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah, look, I know I'm not the ideal target market for this film. I'm still interested in seeing it. I think it'd be it's gonna be fun to see. All right. Uh, now, speaking of t- uh, trailers that do not detail every plot uh, uh, step of the film, let's turn our attention to another trailer that came out. This is a minute and a half teaser. Okay. And it absolutely does not give away the plot of the film. These are the type of trailers I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I will say that this trailer for 
stupid, stupid reasons has gotten controversial uh, since its release a couple days ago. Okay. Even to the point where the, the family of the person that this film is about put out a statement <laughs> defending the, the, the trailer in the film. Ah, it's getting ridiculous. Uh, this is the film Maestro, which we have talked about before on this show. Talked about that it was going to be uh, um, my birthday. My birthday buddy uh, is in this film and directed it. I mean, we share the same birthday. No, we've never actually met, but Bradley Cooper. Bradley, why was I blanking on the name? <laughs> Bradley Cooper is starring and directing this film. This is a, a film that at one point had Steven Spielberg's name attached to it, but then uh, Bradley Cooper decided to uh, take the, take it on when Spielberg passed on it. And it is a film about uh, cultural icon Leonard Bernstein and his uh, wife, Felicia Montalegra Cohn Bernstein. Uh, the film is li- listed as being a love letter to life and art and at its core, an emotionally epic portrayal of family and love. Hmm. Um, let's watch the trailer. Okay. This is another Netflix film, although this one will have a theatrical release before it goes to Netflix. But gotcha. let's uh, take a look. This is with Bradley Cooper and also with... Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. God, my, my my memory is so bad right now. So here we go. This is the trailer or teaser trailer for Maestro. Oh, it's uh, 12. No. <laughs> Six. No. Eight. Can you try? Could just call Maybe I should train. stop and think for a second. You should stop and think because I am sending it to you. 20. No. <laughs> so how long do we have to do this for? Well, we need to build up a very strong connection. Hmm. All right, so that is the trailer for Maestro. Now, Chris, uh, your thoughts on the trailer? You had not seen it before, correct? I had I had not seen it before. Yeah, um, yeah I I think it's uh, it's interesting. It just kind of set the set the stage. I'm, I'm a little I'm curious that instead of just being about said maestro it seems but kind of what you hinted at it's more about the relationship between mm-hmm. leonard bernstein and his wife yeah. um, whereas usually you know everything's focused on you know <laughs> the the one who has the title of the film um so that's curious it's more about this love relationship that goes on probably has its ups and downs as you could possibly imagine um also i was wondering when the f- trailer first started it was in black and white mm-hmm. And then it shifted, and then it's in color. So I was kind of, at first I was like, oh, they're going to do this whole thing in black and white. Okay, that's a stylistic choice. But then it has some segments in color, so I'll be interested to see. It looks like maybe later period life is that's in the color. the impression I got is everything before a certain time period is black and white. Everything after looks to be color. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, interesting. And I... I like Bradley Cooper. So, and I like Carrie Mulligan a lot. Well, so. I think the trailer's great. I love it. This is the kind of trailer I want. Give me just a little enough of enough of a taste of the style of the film and give me a little taste of the performances I'm in store for. But I could not tell you what the plot is of the film or what it's going to be from start to end. Um, unfortunately, I got some some negative feedback. Pe- basically, Bradley Cooper in the film is wearing a prosthetic nose. Um, supposedly, the reason was that Leonard Bernstein had a pretty pronounced nose and they wanted to kind of have that look that way. It's gotten some, some accusations of being anti-Semitic by playing that up. And, you know, some people commenting that Bradley Cooper's nose was already pretty good size. Why it had to be exaggerated more. That could be playing into some negative stereotypes. All that. I, 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 and not to get political and stuff. I don't get that. I mean, I feel like if somebody 
wants to physically try to look more like the person that they're portraying. I, I don't mind that. And I don't think it was done for any kind of malice or done with any kind of uh, spite in mind. But that's just my take on it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, of course, well, not of course, but I know who Leonard Bernstein was. But what do I know about him? His music. Yeah. I don't really know what he looks like. So I don't know if you had told, like, I, I don't know that I would have thought one thing or the other, right. you know, because I just wouldn't have, I would have said, I would have just assumed, like you said, that he looks that way because that's how that's he how looked. Yeah. And so, even the family has come out and made a big statement. It's like, look, uh, we love the film. We love his performance. Yes. Our father, or, you know, had a very large nose and uh, we think that was, he, he, he nailed it. He, 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 that's why he was portrayed anyway. So, They've, they've come out in defense and saying, no, it's, it's all nothing. And uh, so anyway, I think the trailer's great. It is the kind of trailer I want, which is just give me enough of a morsel of the film to get excited about it. Um, this one will have a theatrical run, it sounds like, for maybe a few weeks, and then it is going to come out on Netflix on December 20th. So sometime in November, okay. it's hitting theaters, and then it will come to Netflix on December 20th in time for uh, Christmas there for and sure. This, this is Cooper's second film. He's directed, second film. right? Yep. Okay. He did, of course, the stars born. Right. And then he did, um, did this one. So, yeah. So hmm. looks good yeah. so far. I mean, you know, we'll see how it turns out at the end, but, uh, looks good. So hmm. I'm excited about that. So both films have centered around music. Interesting. Cause stars born centers. Oh, around both music of his as films. Well. Yeah, yeah. Both yeah, of yeah. his films. Yeah. So, yeah. You're right. They he's directed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, okay, Chris, I know you've got a recommendation to give, and I want I to do. get to that. Okay. But you did throw, you did drop something in my lap right before we went on the recording here. And I'd be remiss if I didn't, I could wait and hold this for another week, but I'm like, no, I think I need to get it out there now. Um, Maestro, a pretty highbrow film. I think, you know, very, very classically made. I think we, you know, we talked about that. Last Voyage of the Demeter, even though it was a horror film, I think, you know, just a lot of, there was a good st- amount of style and production quality put True. into this. Let's go ahead and flip the tables a little bit and look at a film that's coming out that I was just made aware of. Um, this one, is it coming online or is it going to be a theatrical? I th- I've seen, in theaters. I think it's actually in theaters. In yeah. theaters, August 30th. Okay. So coming out, guys, real soon. <sighs> oh, boy. Um, the film is titled Slother House. So like Slaughterhouse but with the word sloth mm-hmm. instead of slaughter. So slother house, which is kind of an awkward word to say, but it works. And the description of the film is Emily, a senior wants to be elected as her sorority's president. She adopts a cute sloth, which you do, which one does when trying to win over <laughs> sorority friends, a cute sloth thinking it can become the new mascot and help her win. Until a string of fatalities implicate the sloth as the main suspect in the murders. The poster for this is amazing. <laughs> I have not seen the trailer, but no. I'm kind of so excited to see it now. So you do as, think I should watch this should trailer? As you should be, yes. Okay. I'm going to, we're going to watch tra- the Slother House trailer together, and then we'll, we'll give our thoughts afterwards. Um, this is Sloth. Well, yes, this is Slother House. So cute. What is that? That's a sloth. If you're interested, I could sell you that one. They're really that slow? Maybe they just tricked us all. In the jungle, she's a beta. But out here, she's an alpha. Alpha? It is a wild animal. You don't even know what it is. 
I mean, look, I, I, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. I, it, 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 I mean, I, I mean, will not flock to a theater to see it, but I think it could be fun to watch. The thing is, the trailer lets you know exactly what you're in for. The fact they joke about the title makes yeah, it yeah, that much yeah, better. Yeah, look, I, I get it. They're go- It's yeah. definitely going for a more meta. Oh, sure. A little more meta comedy horror. You mentioned like snakes on a plane type of thing. Yeah, right. same kind of feel and vibe to it. It just, it just, it it it, it just looks really bad. Oh, I, I mean, like, but not even like. <laughs> joking bad like having fun with it bad it just looks bad so but we'll see slother house <laughs> yes uh, so the idea that the sloth actually is like conniving and like i saw i saw it crawling up on a keyboard trying to navigate a mouse i mean this is this highly really going with a highly evolved sloth yes so it's not just your run-of-the-mill sloth oh, this no. is a and he kills people okay yes no no look hey look i love i mean I'm going to go see strays this weekend. I like my animals that act like humans and animals that in that movie, it's going to, in that one, it'll, they'll talk here. This one, it kills people. I like, I'm, I'm on board with that genre. I just, uh, this one, this one doesn't look good, but we'll see. We will see. All right. Well, Chris, turn us, turn our attention to something that we, we know is good with a recommendation, a film that you have, uh, caught up with and that you want to recommend for the audience. Uh, it's a film that will be coming out very soon, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is our time where we like to turn it over to either of us that may have a recommendation to share of a film, and Chris has one. So, Chris, what are you recommending for us today? So, Alan, have you heard of Dressy Bessie, The Minders, Marshmallow Coast? You recognize any of those bands? No. Okay. How about the Olivia Tremor Control? Neutral Milk Hotel. Oh, I've heard of Neutral Milk Hotel. And the Apples in Stereo. I haven't heard of them. Haven't heard of them. Of no. Montreal? No. No? Okay. No. Neutral Milk Hotel. So I Neutral know. Milk Hotel was yeah. your score. Okay. Mm-hmm. So all of these bands are featured in a new documentary called The Elephant Six Recording Company. Okay. The documentary by director C.B. Stockforth tells a story of the 90s rock collective that that basically became that launched the career over like 30 bands. Um, the film has archive footage and new interviews, and it kind of gives you an understanding of the lightning in a bottle, basically, experience that was started by some guys that were high school friends in Louisiana, Bill Doss, William Cullen Cullen Hart, Jeff Mangum, and Robert Schneider. Robert Schneider, they, they graduate, they kind of are making music, but not really. And mm-hmm. then they graduate, and they kind of split. One guy, Robert Schneider, who does Apples and Stereo, he goes to Denver, Colorado, the other guys moved to Athens, Georgia, which, you know, birthplace of R.E.M., oh, yeah. yep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. B-52s. So they moved there because they've heard of this scene, mm-hmm. and they kind of develop their own wacky, crazy screen scene there. They get cheap housing because it's for, like, college students, and they just start forming bands. Like, one person is in, like, six or seven bands, all these different bands, and they keep attracting other musicians, so much so that there kind of gets to be they developed this basically kind of label elephant six recording company mm-hmm. and rolling stone. They, they make the cover of rolling stone or not cover of rolling stone, but they make articles in rolling stone. And basically there starts to be this huge mythology that's built up around them such that rolling stone at one point believes that all of the musicians from all the bands live in one house, which mm. not necessarily true, not true. Okay. but you know, all this, they're like crazy stuff. They do. They hold these big parties. They're big, like potlucks where they do all this kind of 
random crazy stuff. A lot of the bands have like performance art integrated into their shows. Just mm-hmm. crazy, crazy, crazy creativity. Um, watching the film just makes me or makes you want to create, whether it's music, sculpture, paintings, film, performance art, add that to the benefit of discovering, because I knew of some of these bands, but discovering all these other new bands that I'd never heard of that makes me very nostalgic for the alternative music scene of like mm-hmm. the late 90s. Sure. This is like right in my wheelhouse wow. of like stuff I care about and like is awesome. Um, so I, w- I would highly, highly recommend it if you're interested in music or performance or just like creativity. It just makes you want to create. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be available VOD and on DVD September 5th. So it's, I think it may have had like a kind of a festival type run, but then it'll be yeah. widely available September 5th. So it's, I, it's like a VOD. So it won't be on yeah, the streaming Yeah, so it'll be all the different anything. streaming services. Okay. No, that and sounds it, really good. And then it may right. eventually, you know, get to like something like Hulu or Netflix, but right. it's going to be VOD. So like all the places that you rent movies. From. I think it sounds great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. That sounds right up my alley as well. So uh, very, very interesting. And just, to see. yeah, just, um, yeah, hearing the ideas they had, just the willingness to go out there and create something, regardless of, I mean, they were dirt poor to start off with, yeah, too, sure. struggling to kind of like eat, you know, but mm-hmm. they were able to like just, you know, throw caution to the wind and just be really creative. So, Elephant Six Recording Company. That's All a recommendation. Right. Very cool. That's great. That's a recommendation again coming out September 6th. So, September, it, September 5th. 5th. Yeah. So, if you are listening to this before then, just, you know, Hold tight. It'll be available on demand uh, for via or video on demand purchase or rental on September 5th. Okay. So that is what we've got tapped for today for our show. We had our review of last voyage of the Demeter. We talked about, you are so not invited to my bar mitzvah. <laughs> we talked about maestro and we talked about slaughter house, all films coming out over the next few months that we saw trailers for. And then Chris's review of elephant, Recording company? <laughs> it's a long, yeah. So, Elephant Six Recording Company. Elephants, I missed the six. It's, okay. it's a long title. Elephant Six Recording Company coming out September 5th. All right, Chris, if anybody's got thoughts, feedback, questions, comments for us, what should they do? You can send us an email to info at footcandle.org. You can follow us on the various social media channels on Twitter, X, we're at Foot Candle Film. Facebook, Foot Candle Film Society, Instagram, slash threads, we're known as Foot Candle Film. Al and I are also on Letterboxd, where we try to track what we're seeing and leave quick takes. Do us a favor, give us a star rating, write a review, share with friends on whatever service you receive your favorite podcasts on to help us reach new listeners. We'd appreciate it. The 2023 Foot Candle Film Festival is coming up September 15th through the 24th. If you are in Western North Carolina and love film, we'd love to see you at the festival we think it's going to be a really good one it's our ninth year doing this so just getting better and better every year absolutely that is coming up soon footcandlefilmfestival.com is where you go to get tickets and see schedules and find out how you can be a part of our festival coming up in the latter half of september all right well we're going to wrap it up then thanks everybody for listening to foot candle films and we will be back next week with some more film reviews and discussions for you take care thanks see you in the ticket line
Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.